You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 66. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado, Roro. Roro, this is totally the first time we're doing this. This is not the second time we've had to do this. Nope. No, not nope. at all. Yeah. <laughs> Worked perfectly fine for the 17 minutes that we lost. Uh, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat, or lack thereof, because we didn't have audio and nobody let us know. But just as a reminder, you are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN and you will find us on there. Roro, if you remember, the topic of the show this week is our Game of the Year 2020 discussion. But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week. So let's go ahead and jump right in for the first time. Totally lying. (laughs) Roro, the first item. Cyberpunk. We have more news following on the back of last week. There's some good and some bad news. Uh, So good and bad news. it has sold 13 million copies, which is just insane that this soon after launch, it's already sold 13 million. And that's including, obviously, the refunds. And it's also, you know, got some more bad news as well, which this is despite it being removed from PlayStation Store and a disclaimer being added to the Xbox Store, which is unreal like the the precedent that that sets for game games moving forward is insane the the fact that we've never had like any kind of game really not just triple a removed because of quality uh at launch i it, it, it i don't know the the precedent is unreal what what are your thoughts roro yeah i i think it's crazy that the 13 million also incorporates the refunds as well so that 13 million is the people who are holding on to their games. So that's a lot of people still that have faith in the in the CD product red, which is good for them. They're sticking out or hopefully those are just the amount of people that are having good experiences. Maybe they're all having a good time. <laughs> hopefully that's the case. Yeah. But um yeah, it is it is crazy and unprecedented for the game to be removed from the store. Um hopefully this kind of puts a a different thought in these uh, executive minds and the uh, managers and the upper echelon of the the totem pole I guess at these game studios that they realize that pushing a game out just to push it out or to make some other people happy is not always the best way to go because it can damage (laughs) the studio's reputation and future games that they want to push out won't be as well received because of the history and stuff like that because it does take a little while for the gaming industry to forget past things that have happened just look at like bioware with andromeda and anthem so it's going to be hopefully they are able to turn this around cd project red but it's it'll be interesting to see how that goes but again hopefully this crazy thing with it being just being removed from the store uh, changes some executives minds and how they manage these games going forward these big games going forward yeah Absolutely. I agree again for about the fourth time. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. And uh, it did kind of spark something this week because uh, of what I saw on Twitter. 
uh, there was people talking about uh, Halo Infinite designer that posted on his LinkedIn that he was working on the Series X and PC uh, version of Halo Infinite. So people were like stirring that up again this week, like, oh, Halo Infinite is not coming to Xbox One now. And it's like, no, that's not what, no, no. And people just took that and ran with it. And of course, Microsoft has confirmed yet again, it's coming to Xbox One. And I think the... The, the reason why everyone's saying that is because we live in the moment now where Cyberpunk just released very poorly on those consoles. But we also have to remember, Roro, as you know, there's so many good games that look fantastic and play fantastic on those consoles, including Last of Us, which is just a technical masterpiece. Uh, Gears, Gears 5 on Xbox as well. That runs fantastic on Xbox One. Uh, there's so many examples that games that that actually look and work fine and cyberpunk shouldn't be indicative for every game that still releases on those platforms uh, it, and that's the reason why it got delayed a year Roro, because yeah. halo infinite wasn't ready so yeah yeah i think they'll be able to make it work on both consoles just fine um yeah. cyberpunk is definitely it's an open world game. I know Halo Infinite is going to be going that sort of route with its openness. It's going to be a bit more open. At least that's what we saw with the uh, trailer a bit more. Yeah. That's going to be an open world map and all that stuff. So yeah. it's definitely going to be bigger in scale. But what Cyberpunk was trying to do was so big, mm. they they needed more time to to work that out on the consoles that they advertised for. So I, I definitely see... I don't think this... Uh, this happening means that it can't happen going forward. So I think Halo is going to be just fine on Xbox One and the older gens. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to pretend like I've never asked you this, Roro, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) do you think that this uh, sets a precedent for like, you know, other games being removed like this? Like, obviously, there's a lot of bad, quote unquote, bad games out there that are that get very, very, very bad reviews. I'm not talking like, you know, seven or six or five or whatever that that's like divisive. I'm talking like one or two or that kind of that kind of game. Do you think that that will make Sony analyze moving forward that kind of stuff? Or do you think it's more a specific situation uh, for cyberpunk because of how big it is? Yeah, I I don't see this happening a lot. The ones and twos and threes in the review scale usually aren't these huge games. But when it is, it it usually isn't because of for these reasons. Usually it's because the game was just bad or the story was just bad. It wasn't fun or something like that. But this the reason this was marked so low wasn't because of the story, it was because of the, the state it released in and how buggy it was and why it, it just it just didn't work and it wasn't ready. So I think that's that is the main reason. And if it if a game in the future were to be removed again, it would be for something like that. If it gets a three and it's not ready and it's not as advertised, that's why I think it will be removed. But I don't see that happening again. One, because hopefully people learn from this experience and don't push out a game that um, that isn't ready. And two, I think the ones and twos and threes usually aren't these huge AAA games by these huge companies, and they're usually smaller, and I don't think Sony's going to waste their time uh, digging into that. And and again, the, the, the backlash was so loud and so so much yeah. <laughs> and cd project red didn't help by kind of directing that that rage towards sony and microsoft during the early stages of all this so 
I understand why they kind of reacted this way very drastically, but I, I understand why they did. But uh, hopefully this is the first and last time that this this happens. And I, 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 I assume it is. Yes, I, I completely agree with you. Every, all counts. I don't even need to say any more. Uh, moving on uh 2020 video game revenue is expected to hit 179.7 billion dollars globally uh and that's more than what uh is projected of movies and sports to make this year combined that's wow (laughs) An astronomical number. I'm gonna act even more shocked this time, Roro, than my... <laughs> yeah, It's everywhere. Minds are blown everywhere. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a very, very timely story to come in, especially since uh, I was seeing on Twitter um, somebody who is somewhat known or whatever. I don't know. I'm not even sure how well known this guy is, but he was uh, tweeting about how. Uh, it was crazy that this company has a video game editor uh, working at their company so that he was just getting absolutely destroyed by game industry people because uh, it's literally the biggest entertainment proper entertainment of any other entertainment. There's, you know, millions of millions of dollars in other entertainment mediums. And this is the biggest video games are the biggest. So why are you criticizing having a video game journalist working for your company. I, it, ugh, things like that just are just, just make me shake my head, Roro. Shake my head. Yeah. SMH. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's crazy that, that they're making so much money. And I was, I, I think I was, I was talking to my mom about this recently and I think COVID definitely has a part to play in this number, but at the same time, games have just been on an uptick for, for a while now and it's just it's just catching up with the other industries whether it be movies or sports like you said and it's just getting more and more popular with younger people with older people as well everybody is just kind of getting on the video game train and um a lot of companies as well that have nothing to do with video games are also trying to get in on the the train like they would have so such weird partnerships that i'd see on on twitch I think Ally Bank was the most recent one that I saw teaming up with a streamer to do like an Animal Crossing stream. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is this is interesting. I don't know how many people are going to sign up with Ally now because they saw their favorite streamer play Animal Crossing. But it's it's they're just trying their best to get as many people, and they they're seeing that video games are a huge market for that now. So I don't know what that guy was talking about because <laughs> it's, yeah. it's obviously. <laughs> The opposite of of what he thinks is happening is is what's happening. Roro, you just gave me a great idea. This is this wasn't recorded the first time, but I just thought of this, so this is an even better episode now. Thanks, uh, <laughs> so Ally Bank, or they're doing an uh, Animal Crossing uh, promotion. So yes. what about this, Roro, to expand the age gap of video games? Grandma's playing Animal Crossing. That's all I want to see. There we go. I would watch that. Let's I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a that's such a perfect game for like grandmas to play. Yeah. I could totally picture like Definitely. You know, grandma was... tending to their gardens and all this, you know. Oh, I mean oh, I, I can picture it now. So wholesome. Like I I love it. I want to watch that right that, now. That's a million dollar idea. Here we go. <laughs> Call me up, was, Ally Bank. There was a guy from Game Explain, Andrew and Andrew Andre yeah. Seegers, I believe is his name. He's like the head honcho over there. I'm pretty sure yeah. he was talking about Animal Crossing when it came out and how much his mom loves it. And his mom 
I'm more of a gamer than I would say most moms are, but it was so nice to hear about like moms enjoying video games. It's, it's yeah, so nice. That is yeah. awesome. That's super cool. Uh, Roro, moving on to another story that kind of uh, leads us back from last week's episode. Among Us is coming to Xbox Game Pass for consoles in 2021. So obviously it's out now for Game Pass for PC, um, but coming 2021 for Xbox consoles, and it's included in Game Pass. I'm I'm very excited to play this for a millionth time on a millionth different platform. <laughs> Definitely, me too. I got it. I recently got it on the uh, good old Switch. And I enjoyed my time there. I'm definitely going. If I think it has crossplay, right? Is it crossplay yet? I, maybe it's, not. It's crossplay between PC and mobile. I don't know if Switch is right now. Mm, oh, yes, I haven't been yeah. able to try that yet. But if it if it is mo- uh, becomes crossplay, I'll definitely use my Switch from now on to just play it with my buddies who are on on PC. And hopefully, it comes everywhere. PS4 is the the last place that it needs to go. I, I believe it's last. Yeah. Last place, so yeah, I'm 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 just waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Finally, uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, the communication tool, uh, Discord, which you may have heard of it. I mean, we might be using it right now. I totally didn't use that joke for the second time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) terrible joke. Uh, what are, what, what, we're using it, but, uh, anyways, it has raised a hundred million dollars in funding after a reported $7 billion valuation. Roro insane. And that kind of, again, and you would think that I would have rearranged these stories after (laughs) reading this the first time and realizing this goes really good with the second story but anyways we're here and we do it uh (laughs) so this actually further illustrates the point of video games being so huge right now that like of course discord raised a hundred million dollars and it's worth seven billion dollars because video games are so gigantic and like uh i just Discord is more than just a video game uh, communication tool as well that some people label it as. It's it's a general communication tool, and it's a really good one that, you know, utilizes servers and uh, has very good sound quality. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As you were saying, it goes beyond the, the video game community for sure. I'm using it currently in my uh, program at school to communicate with my student with not my students i'm not a teacher <laughs> with my fellow students uh to talk about projects and and whatever else so it's definitely moved beyond just gaming and even in gaming there's a lot of streamers and uh, personalities in gaming who start their own communities on there and just just a place to talk to their fans and their community so it's, it's definitely it just keeps growing as video games are growing i'm sure discord is very happy with that yeah. that it is growing because it's it's bringing in obviously more gamers but with covid and working from home remotely it's bringing in more everyday people as well yes Agreed completely, and uh, we finally made it past the point where we got, <laughs> we realized we didn't have audio, so now we have a completely original show for the rest of the way. So, <laughs> uh, moving on, Roro, uh, you may have heard of this, uh, Alba, a wildlife adventure, uh, got a review from Borderline Entertainment, and uh, the writer, I do believe, is our very own Roshan Warner. Yes. Okay. Roro. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I thought the the most interesting part of this review, in my opinion, was 
how different this is than a lot of games like what you even said in there like you said this game is a very bright and lively game <laughs> and so like essentially we can just say this game is exactly like the last of us part two right Roro? absolutely <laughs> you're just, just tr- killing everyone yeah. in your sight on this island as this 10 year old girl yeah <laughs> oh my goodness no it, it, it's absolutely the opposite of of uh of the last of us and it's kind of what i needed in 2020 just like how animal crossing was for a lot of people with the year being so dark and dreary playing the last of us this year kind of made it worse in a way for some people because of how dark and dreary that world was uh this game is like super bright and positive and fun and cute and it's super short so you just bust through it on on an, on an afternoon but yeah I, I was really high on it i really liked it so thank you to borderline entertainment for allowing me to write a review and thank you daniel for always you know uh sh- spotlighting me on the show when i do stuff like this so thank you yes uh, yeah. I, I thought it was awesome i I love reading reviews from people that like I actually know and like communicate with. I think it's awesome. So yeah, uh, I actually have a link on the stream. So if you guys want to check it out, borderlineentertainment.com. Uh, I mistakenly typed two E's at the, the oh. first time when I tried to go to this website and I was like, wait a minute, it didn't work. And then I looked and I was like, oh, it's just, it's borderline entertainment. It's there's oh. no two E's. I'm now noticing that too. Yeah. That's a mistake. So, yeah. Uh, just to clarify that for Honest people. Honest mistake. I yes. would have made that mistake myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, they don't own borderlineentertainment.com. Mm. They they own borderline. N- I don't even know how to say that. Borderline Entertainment. Yeah. So, yeah. So go check that out. And they have a lot of really cool stuff over there. So. Uh, Roro, moving on. Hitman 3 has been officially revealed on the Game Informer cover. And Andrew Ryan, Andrew Ryan, where this isn't Bioshock, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Reiner, who is the uh, head editor at Game Informer, is has been very positive on it on Twitter. Uh, so they've gotten some uh, deep looks at it, I guess. They've gotten a lot of hands on with it. It comes out next month. Uh, very excited by, by, by this. Uh, they don't really have a whole lot of information yet because they were just kind of announcing the cover and, you know, here's what to expect. But I'm very excited to kind of see more from this as a fan of the first two games. I really liked the, 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 just the aspect of you can approach this level 20 different ways. And like, there's so many different tools you're given to approach these levels. So, I'm very excited for more Hitman, and also Hitman 3 is also importing Hitman 1 and 2's levels into Hitman 3, so you're getting like three times the game, essentially, for the same price, which I think is awesome. Uh, so, yes, totally, totally excited to see more about this from Game Informer, and hopefully this game does well and bodes well for the new James Bond game that they're making, Roro. Definitely. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for this game. Um, I, do, I remember talking about it when we talked about Cyberpunk, but I do have a Google Stadia free trial at the moment. So I, I before it is up, I'm planning to play the couple of Hitman games that are on there and just experience it a little bit more before 3 comes out, of course, yeah. because I, I don't own them. So I, I would like to go get in there and, and give them a shot because I am definitely excited for the 007 game that's coming up. So I definitely want to 
brush up on some Hitman before that does come. Is yeah. I'm is, really excited. is one and two both on Stadia? Oh, I, th- I think so. Okay. Um, well, if I give, if I might give you a recommendation, just play two because, okay. yeah, because two has all of the levels from one, but it's in the two's engine. So just like three's oh, importing okay. the other two, Hitman Two did the same thing. They brought in the levels from one into two and more levels. So um, it just gives you like a, a little upgrade of an experience there. Um, but yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally excited for you to play this. Yes, they they're all on there. There's uh one, two, and three's coming up, obviously eventually. But sweet. Yeah. Very cool. Sweet deal. Uh Roro, moving on to some more uh Fortnite news. Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Taskmaster are all available right <laughs> now as Fortnite skins, which yes. normally we don't really announce this kind of stuff on here, but like th- number one is a slow news week. And number two, these are awesome. The skins, black Panther and captain Marvel are awesome. Taskmaster. That's, that's all right as well. Uh, and also they announced that green arrow is joining Fortnite crew in January's pack, which Fortnite crews, that subscription that we talked about a, a couple weeks ago. And, Green Arrow looks awesome as I'm a huge fan of the CW Green Arrow show that they canceled. Oh, damn them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it looks so good. So, man, I, I wish I played Fortnite more now because there's just so many skins that are so good on there. Yeah, definitely. They're definitely upping their game with the Fortnite skins. I, w- I got so excited when I saw that. Uh, I think yesterday is when they announced that the Black Panther and the Captain Marvel skin and, and Taskmaster, he's there too. But uh, yes. I was more excited for the Captain Marvel and the Black Panther suit. And I went in, I was like, oh, I'm going to spend my V-Bucks on it. And I was like, $33? Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't gotten them. I don't think I will get them. But yeah. I, I think it's really awesome that those skins exist because yes. they look awesome. But unfortunately, I will not be purchasing them for thirty three dollars. <laughs> yeah, and that and that, my friends, is why Epic Games is making tons of yes. money from Fortnite <laughs> because yeah. things like that and things like Daniel paying forty some dollars for Master Chief and all of that yeah. stuff that goes along with it, or how I don't even know how I'm. I literally don't even know how much it was because I was just like, "This is Halo. I have to buy this. I have to get it." So, I, I think uh, they had a V Bucks option for for that one. Like it was on the store for like a thousand and something. Yeah. But I think there was the pack that came with like the the glider and the yes. gravity hammer and all that stuff that probably cost a bit more. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Roro, moving on to our next story. Gears Five Hive Busters has came out and uh, it's been getting a, a lot of positive reception. So I kind of wanted to spotlight it here because uh, I feel like there's a lot of people saying like, you know, what's that Series X game that that's exclusive that you're going to want to play and all of this stuff. And apparently this game looks absolutely stunning. Obviously, Gears 5 already looks stunning on Xbox One X, which is where I played it. And Series X makes it look even better uh, as it has the enhancements for next gen. And Hive Busters apparently just is great. And the campaign is great. The new characters are great. Like, I'm just excited to jump into this after everyone, like, talking really good about it. 
And uh, it, it kind of begs the question for me, Roro, like, should this have been marketed more uh, for Series X? Like, should Microsoft have put a heavier emphasis on this expansion to say, hey, come play this game. This is our exclusive for this fall, essentially. Yeah, I I, I think so. I'm, I'm obviously not the market for, well, for Xbox in general and Gears, I, I'm not too... Um, in the weeds on, but I didn't even know that this was this was coming. So that I mean, it's obviously people like me that they may not be marketing, but maybe it is people like me that you should be marketing towards <laughs> because that'll that'll bring people like me in. Yeah. Like if this because this does look good. I'm looking at a video right now on on uh, IG and on YouTube, and it looks great. I, I would definitely want to give this a shot. The Gears franchise in general is something that I've been sleeping on for a while that I need to. Yes. needs to change but um yeah this looks fantastic and i do think that they should have marked this a bit more obviously halo being delayed isn't something that they may probably not something that they were expecting to have to do hmm. but it doesn't take too long to to put together a campaign for a dlc like chop together some trailers uh, especially for a game that looks so good yeah shouldn't yeah definitely she should have uh, should have done that especially with all the positive feedback that it's getting as well yeah i agree uh in it's kind of an interesting thing because like and i feel like halo kind of suffers from a similar thing that like gears has such a deep and and uh long history that like there's so much story and stuff like that that if you don't play from the beginning you don't really get everything but then like if you do play from the beginning you don't have like the current day you know gameplay innovation so it feels like you, I know you were saying like when you're playing Halo Combat Evolved, it doesn't feel, you know, it's not a 2020 game. So it's like, eh, this is the gameplay is just not great because it was a, obviously it's a 2001 game, but yeah. it, it does bring up an interesting thing of like, where should I jump into these games that are have been around for so long? And yeah, it's a great point because uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I do, I feel like if you wanted to get into Gears now, I would say that Gears of War 4 is a good jumping off point for you. Um, okay. I absolutely loved Gears of War 3. It was my f- probably favorite of the franchise, but it's not a great entry point because it's kind of the conclusion of the first story arc for, okay. for Gears. So... It's really tough. I would definitely recommend people play the original trilogy because I really love that story and the characters. But Gears Four, I think, is uh, is the best entry point for you know someone who wants modern innovations as well as some good story as well. Um, right. And and you don't have to play five games; <laughs> you just have to play two. Um, but I, don't I always know. like to. I, I want to get back to Halo as well. I, I've just, like, as you were saying, I've been kind of turned off and haven't gone back because of how I felt about the first one, not the story, but just how it played. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely willing to always give the first games a chance and, like, see it through. But, again, maybe I'll just do the first one, see that through, and if I don't want to continue, I'll just jump to four or something Yeah. and take your advice on that. See, and man, I would love a Halo CE remake, like in the Resident Evil vein, where they redo all the gameplay awesome. and everything. That would be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that would be good. Uh, 
20th anniversary next year, but Ooh. now Halo Infinite's coming oh, out yeah, next year. So they're in, in this particular basket at the moment. Yeah. And that's kind of a spiritual reboot anyways. So yeah. um yeah. Just wanted to spotlight that Roro. But we're gonna move on to the final news story of the week. Super Nintendo World's area map merchandise and cafe items have been revealed, Roro. Uh I saw pictures on Twitter of like the world. And it's like, man, this looks crazy. It's, it looks so good. Like in terms of like, it looks like the game. Uh, (laughs) the only thing I'm wondering, like, and a lot of people have been commenting on this is like, how big is it? Because it doesn't look terribly big when you compare it to like other, uh, big amusement parks and such. And like, is there a lot to do there? Like that's, I think that's been a lot of questions people have been having, but visually this place looks amazing. The food looks insane. Like everything's themed and looks so good. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Roro? Yeah, I think it looks uh, unreal. Like I can't believe that this is a, an actual place that people could walk <laughs> around. As you're saying, it looks just like, like the game, especially when you're looking from afar, like uh, an aerial view or just panned out. You could see the Bowser's Castle and the, the pole at the top of the hills. It looks crazy, like just right out of the video game. It's insane. Um, but now that I'm looking at it, like, yeah, it doesn't look like it's super, super big. It's more uh, vertical, I guess, yeah. than, than anything. It's like stacked on top of each other, a lot of the attractions there. So... Yeah, I'm not too sure how much there is to do. Obviously, there's a Mario Kart thing that looks awesome. Um, uh, What else do they have? They have the interactive stuff that goes around the the park with the the watch that they give you. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of stuff for, I guess, younger people to be busy with, for sure. There's a Mushroom Hat Cafe that's called Canopio's Cafe. Canopio's Cafe, yes. Oh my god, I I would have so much fun here for sure. Yes, it looks it looks great. I, again, I don't know how big it is, but I yeah. I can definitely see myself spending a long time, maybe too long, <laughs> just walking <laughs> around the same area over and over. Yeah, and yeah. the food just looks so good. Like yeah. there's the there's the question mark box that they have made out of like these uh, wafers, and then there's mm-hmm. like whipped cream or something in the middle. Oh, that looks so good. I just <laughs> want to. Just eat them. Yes. Oh man. So. I didn't. I I was watching this. I was half watching this because I had to do something at at the sim at the same time. Yeah. But the the merch was uh was okay. I didn't see everything, so I don't know if I'm just speaking out of my butt here. But they had like the one walking Mario toy where you push the uh, the shell and he walks and like oh that's pretty cool. I'm sure they have other stuff they just haven't shown off yet. But right. I'm always into like the the shirts and the the stuff I could wear after, <laughs> which sure. I'm sure they have in abundance there. Yes, yes, yeah. that it would be so so cool just to like you said, just explore this place. But yeah. I probably will never do that because I hate airplanes and uh, yes. flight across the the ocean is. Ugh, they did mention they're going to open one in Florida eventually. Oh. Oh, okay. And yeah, in the Universal, that's that's there. I think another location in, in a different country, but uh, I think they they are planning to open more Super Mario Worlds and Universals across the globe as that well. Would, that would be yeah. awesome. Yes, Roro. Let's move on to the games we are playing. 
Uh, I played the Back for Blood alpha last weekend, and I played a lot of it, Roro. Uh, <laughs> and I know you played some as well. I literally, I, I started playing, what, Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night, I think, I started playing it. And I literally could not stop playing. I played Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. I just had so much fun with it, Roro. It really is a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. It feels so like similar, but not like it's not the same. Uh, there's a lot of new things that you know make it feel like its own thing, like the modifiers. Like you have your deck of cards that you choose that you you build yourself, and then you. Uh, can place those modifiers before the match starts and it really it does change how you play as well which is very very cool um and i feel like i don't know i feel like the big monsters really change the game as well because they kind of force you into uh certain areas that maybe you weren't necessarily ready to move into it, it doesn't really uh, it doesn't lend itself for you to sit back and say, hey, we're just going to chill a little bit and shoot some zombies. You, you get kind of forced into certain areas. Um, but yeah, super, super happy with what I played. And it's sad to say that this pre-alpha build of Back for Blood is in a better state than Cyberpunk 2077 that's <laughs> out. So, oh, man, yeah. Had a lot of fun with it, though. Is that that's it for you, what you've that's been playing? It. That's it. That's okay. it. Yeah, because uh, uh, I've been playing Master Chief Collection, but I don't, yeah. I, I don't feel like I need to say <laughs> that every week. So. You know you're playing Master Chief Collection. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been playing Back for Blood as well. I only got to play two matches, I think, because I got in pretty late, and it was the day that it was ending. So I like, I have to get in here. Daniel got me a code. I, I can't just let this be for nothing. And I really enjoyed it. It was it was lots of fun, and I wish I had had the time to, to to get in on the other days because it, it was a lot of fun. I love the card system as you were saying. Yes. And it is tough. Like I is as you were saying, you can't just camp and mm -hmm. spawn and just spawn camp the bad guys. You gotta move around. Mm -hmm. Your enemy your your teammates are falling down everywhere and you gotta get them up. And it was really exciting. I enjoyed it. I, I wasn't in like the comms with anybody, but we worked together pretty well. Um near the end there was like we were getting to the last room and they were just a horde of them coming and we were just trying to bolt to the to the end room two of us died me and this other guy made it and i was like oh man that was awesome yeah. that was awesome it's like some real zombie movie action that's happening in this game and it's it's lots of fun um but besides that uh, i actually started up the mario collection again i i played sunshine but now i'm playing galaxy again having a lot of fun with that trying to get all the uh stars so we've just been chilling with with that game right about now, but that that's that's about it that I've been playing. Still, still sealed here. Mine's still sealed. Right oh, oh no, <laughs> still sealed. <laughs> so I'll get back to it someday. But yeah, what you were saying about Back for Blood, that last level. Oh my gosh, that's that last level was insanely hard. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And it was on classic too. It's like that's that's yeah. the easiest that they have. <laughs> yes. So I can only imagine what yeah <laughs> what the other ones are gonna be like. I tried to crank it up to the next level and I was like, Nope, not doing that. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, moving into the topic of the show, Roro, Game of the Year 2020, which, just to clarify, this is different than Jeff Keeley's Game of the Year awards, uh, which he kind of has a cutoff at, you know, November or whatever. This is for the entire year, all of our impressions of the games that came out fiscal year, or not fiscal year, 2020. Uh, and uh, otherwise, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order would have been on this list, but it was on our list last year. Me and Sean <laughs> both loved that game, and I believe you did as well, right, Roro? I did. Yes. I, I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, just wanted to make sure to highlight that, that we aren't snubbing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It was last year. So, <laughs> Jeff, yes. uh, <laughs> my highlights Thanks. Roro. I I don't know. I'm going to give you my top three, but I do want to list out a couple of of my, you know, nods, so to speak. Okay. So Flight Simulator, that's one of my nods. I feel like the technical uh, achievement that they did with that game is absolutely amazing. Uh, building in the, the real-life geographical data into the game and uh just how good that game looks it's an it's insane uh and that some people don't say look at that and say oh that's game of the year because they say oh that's not there's not you know any exciting gameplay features or this this or this but it's in a year where we really didn't have much travel and there's a year where People are stuck at home and they're like, how can we explore other areas? And this is such a good way to do that. You can explore like cool locations that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to. So I just think it's really cool to kind of spotlight that. And another one to spotlight, Roro, not not a lot of people have been spotlighting this, Resident Evil 3. I feel like it's gotten too much hate in my opinion. (laughs) I thought I really enjoyed it. Yes, it was a little short. Um, and yes, there were problems with it. Like I feel like Nemesis was kind of, you know, thrown away a little bit. But I really enjoyed my time with Resident Evil 3. And uh, yeah, I just feel like uh, it was a high quality game. Really enjoyed my time with it. But um, before I go into my top three, Roro, uh, I guess we could do one by one. Do you have any that you would like to nod before we do our top three? Um, yeah, I'll nod a game that I actually got recently called Grindstone, and it is actually a mobile game that came onto the Switch. Oh. And it's a, it's just a color match game, Um, but you're playing as this burly Viking guy, and you're slashing through um monsters, colorful monsters, and you're just trying to pair them up and get through the level. But it's surprisingly really good. And there's a lot of deep systems in there and you're crafting items to help you. Basically, your objective is to get to the top of the mountain. So you're just going through a bunch of these levels trying to reach the top. And yeah, I was I was shocked that I was so into it because I again, it's a mobile game. It's a color match game Two things that I usually just don't pay attention to. (laughs) But it's it's really, really good. And I am enjoying my time with it. So that's one that I would definitely nod just came out of nowhere here for me but i think it's been out for earlier than than now but it just came with the switch so i gave it a shot and it's really good and i i have my list here so i'm 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 trying to okay i'll i'll say hades as my uh other nod actually no i want to talk more about hades spirit fair is my (laughs) other nod (laughs) okay i'll keep hades on, on my top top list all right um 
but Spirit Fair is my other nod because I really enjoy that game. It's beautiful. The art style is wonderful. The story is really touching and sad at times, but at the core of it, it's just a really good, um, what do you call these games? I always blank on the name, inventory management sort of. So you're just crafting stuff for these, for these animals and, uh, uh, setting up your ship to make it homey for these animals who you're guiding into the afterlife. I don't know what it is about these after death games <laughs> that I love so much. There's a couple of them this year that I really enjoyed, but this one is definitely at the top of it. Um, yeah, but yeah, Spirit Fair was After Party yeah. was another one. There was a, a a game called Necro Barista that was about the afterlife. Another game called What Comes After that was about the afterlife. All those games I really enjoyed. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Spirit Fair is definitely the top of my list for those types of games, and it's a fantastic, fantastic game. Sweet, uh, Roro. I, I I struggle with this for a little bit, but my number three game of the year is Doom Eternal. I absolutely loved the game. Uh, I love Doom 2016. Doom Eternal just builds on that, and it, it just continues the awesome stuff that made the original so good. Uh, I love the animations for when you finish, you have your finishers, so to speak, after the the enemy's uh, health gets below a certain point. Uh, I absolutely love those. They get so gory and crazy, and it's just so cool it's like mortal Kombat. it's like you're just like oh my gosh it's so good so good uh but not just that uh doom eternal you know the soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal uh what they did for that it's just unbelievable they had uh posters that you could collect essentially um that are actually not posters they had the uh vinyls that you could collect and it would put posters on the walls of your ship and then you could go to each station to play like different soundtracks of doom's history which was just absolutely awesome i loved all of that and uh the actual soundtrack in doom eternal was really good as well so uh overall absolutely love that game so it gets my number three nod Roro. nice i actually it came out it came out on game pass on xbox but it recently came out on pc so i finally have jumped into it it is really really good i'm still pretty early yes. on but oh my god it is so so good yes. i love 2016 so it's it's kind of sad that it took me so long to finally play it but it's it's really good so i, I totally get why it's on people's list super high up on the list now mm. but uh yeah soundtrack is fantastic the gameplay is awesome as you're saying the the finishers it's all so satisfying it's so yes. good um but my number three is going to be hades as i mentioned earlier <laughs> um but yeah this is a fantastic indie game that came out a lot of people's game of the year as well um it's a roguelike an, a genre that i usually don't step into but it is so good the gameplay is fantastic i am always so much variety in each run because of the types of abilities that it's random because every time you start a run the gods of olympus drop some some perks for you and every time every run it's different so you you have a every run is different because of the perks that you get so it's always fun to even if you fail you still one get a new fun run to to uh, attempt but you also get progression which in the story that usually doesn't happen in these roguelike sort of games it's it's very story heavy super giant did a fantastic job with the art of course and the voice acting is always on point in their games with transistor 
being one of the more notable voice acted games that they had. Um, but Hades is definitely on another level when it comes to voice acting and art as well. But the gameplay is so fun. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm having a, a blast with it. I still haven't beat it yet, but I am having a blast with it so far. So that is my my number three. And I, yeah, and it's just as we talked about with Cyberpunk, an indie game that had no crunch yeah. came out, and it's just stealing the hearts of everybody who, well, almost everybody that has that has played it. Everybody that has played it loves it. So it's yeah. just another reason why just take your time with these games. When it comes out, it'll get the recognition and the money that these higher ups want, but the recognition that, that it deserves if it, if it comes out as a quality product, just take your time. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I feel like super giant has done such a good job. Like I don't think they've really made a bad game. They've, uh, they started with bastion, which was a really good puzzle platformer S type game. Uh, they had transistor, which I think was more of like an action over the top yeah. type game. Is that right? Yeah, it's, uh, I would say it's the most similar to Hades than the one as the one that has all the games that they've made. But yeah, it's like yeah. more of a top down action thing. And yeah. and Pyre was like a, a weird like basketball type game. I as I, I never, never played that one actually. But yeah, it's like yeah. it's based off of a sport sort of game. Yeah, yeah, which is super that interesting. One. It's and yeah. then this is like a roguelike. So it's like they've made four <laughs> very different games. But uh, yeah, it's very cool. Um. Roro, my number two game of the year is Ori and the Will of the Wisps, another game that you've got to play at some point. <laughs> uh, this game is so good. And did you get it on the Switch yet? No, I haven't got it okay. on the Switch. Okay. Not yet. Okay, I wasn't sure. Uh, <laughs> it is so, so good. Uh, and I absolutely loved Ori in the Blind Forest, and this game is even better. Uh, it fixes many of the problems I had with the save system in Ori in the Blind Forest. It's it's more forgiving, so to so to speak, I guess. Mm. Um, which I really I love that because I hate having to backtrack and stuff like that. And actually, in terms of backtracking, like in the levels, it didn't feel like you were backtracking as much in Will of the Wisps as you were in Ori in the Blind Forest, which that always annoys me as well in games when you go through an area and they're like, oh, yeah, go ahead and turn around and go back the same way you just came so we can extend your gameplay for another two hours for no right. reason. And yeah, yeah that, that kind of stuff annoys me. But yes, uh, Will of the Wisp doesn't do that and absolutely love that uh the the abilities uh are taken a step further than ori in the blind forest i absolutely love everything about the abilities and it's just such a pretty world to look at Roro. it's just so good and despite having one technical problem with the game where the game like literally locked me out of the next area i had to reload my save uh, it was very well made and not very buggy at all. That was the only bug I experienced through my, you know, I don't know, 12 to 14 hours. I don't even remember exactly how long it was, but uh, absolutely amazing game. Definitely, definitely recommend it. Definitely. I need to get need to get on that for yeah. sure. <laughs> Great, fantastic things about it. Yes. Um, my number two trying to decide which one I want to go to next, but I'm going to go with Ghost of Tsushima, which is a game that you need to get on. Yes, I <laughs> it do. It is so good. 
Um, I, I was just looking at like which one I'm going to go with, either the other game that I'm going to bring up next or, or Ghost of Tsushima. I was like, just thinking about it makes me want to go back and just keep playing it. I, I loved that world that that they Sucker Punch made. It was open world games are usually kind of hit or miss with me. Sometimes they 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 don't hit, and sometimes I'm just, sometimes like, oh, okay, it was okay. But Ghost was like, oh, it was so good. I loved the samurai environment. The story was fantastic. I love the the whole honor thing, which it has been done so much in these sort of. Um, uh, samurai movies and karate movies and stuff like that, but this one was so well done, and it didn't seem cliche. It just it was a really good tale of of Jin, and it made me emotional at certain times. And the side when when the side missions feel like story missions, that's when I'm like, okay, this is a really good open world game where I, I they didn't feel like chores that I was just doing just to get experience. I felt like I. I wanted to do them because, of course, I'm a samurai and I got to help the, the the community. But it just felt like it was just a, a, a an addition to the main quest line, which is something that doesn't usually happen in these open world games. It just kind of feel like tacked on. But I felt like there are their own little episodes in this grand season of this game, and they obviously did fantastic with their Legends uh, DLC that they did recently that they did for free. Just a, a little add on that people enjoyed. So I'm, I I don't foresee there being a part. Well, actually, no. I I really do hope that they get a part two of this game because I'm I'm, I'm trying to remember how it ends. Yeah, they they could do a part no two. Spoilers, so. Rara. No spoilers, Rara. No spoilers. But uh, yeah, I really hope that they they do continue this. I wouldn't be mad if they don't because they they obviously craft fantastic worlds with, um, what is the infamous and yes. now this. So whatever they make next, I'm definitely on board for. But more Ghost of Tsushima, I wouldn't be against at all because I, I loved it. Yeah. In the very little I've played of that game, it's it's like you're saying, it's already very clear about the morality choices, which mm-hmm. I think is very cool, Um, where they kind of like are like, you know, be careful what you're doing because it <laughs> will have impacts. And it's like, OK, all right. All right, mom. Yeah, right. Jeez. Yeah. Play video games not to get mad. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Roro, as some people may know, if they watch uh, your video interview that you did with me for your uh, Thank You Games channel, uh, my top game of the year, and I had to decide this uh, during that, before that episode, actually. Uh, you put me on the spot, and I was like, all right, <laughs> here we go. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man Miles Morales, Roro, is my game of the year, 2020. Uh, definitely, uh, if you asked Daniel back in February or March, Daniel back then would have been like, Halo Infinite, game of the year, 2020. That's what it's going to be. And here we are. Halo Infinite, nowhere to be found. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, Miles Morales, a fantastic replacement for Halo. Uh, and I absolutely adored the world. I adored what they did with Miles himself. Uh, they made him feel like a very unique character, uh, far and away different than Peter Parker, which as it should be. Uh, and they didn't nec- they didn't just like cash in and say, hey, we already have Spider-Man PS4. Let's just, you know, throw Miles Morales skin on Peter Parker. That's not what they did. <laughs> they they built Miles from the ground up. He's his own character. And 
Uh, his abilities are awesome. I love, as I've said many times before, I love all of the abilities he has. Uh, I think the Venom stuff is super cool where uh, it adds another layer of combat uh, difficulty, like when you have to Venom punch enemies before you can actually you know, do damage to them. Uh, I love his invisibility because it gets me out of so many <laughs> bad situations. Uh and I just love like the flair that Miles has because it's very Miles esque. Uh, w- when you're swinging, and he has very different animations than what Peter Parker would do, which is perfect. That's exactly how it should be. Um, and all of the suits in that game are so good as well. Uh, yeah, it's just such a complete experience. The story I very much enjoyed as well. And, uh, as we've said before as well, or as I've said before as well is at the end of the game when a a certain character's like, yeah, yeah. And I won't spoil the actual scene, but like, they're like cheering and all this. And I was just like, yes, let's go. That's, that's, I know the scene that you're talking about. (laughs) Yes. And I was, that was so good. Um, yeah. Amazing game. I absolutely love it. And that's why it's my game of the year. Before I say my game of the year, I, I'll just say one more game before I get into, I guess, my controversial ending to this list. Oh, but, I know what it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I got I got to mention Animal Crossing New Horizons, which I'm still playing. I have like almost 600 hours in and that's not going to stop anytime soon. Uh, I'm loving it and it's Christmas time. So I'm obviously playing a lot more of it because of all the new items and just decorating my island right now. But as I mentioned with Alba, it being such a bright and happy game for so many other people as well. It was just this year is is, I I can't think of a game that better uh, encapsulates 2020 than Animal Crossing or that is so associated with the year, I should say, that I think a lot of people will look back on 2020 and say, yeah, the year that Animal Crossing New Horizons came out, rather than even the game that I'm going to say, people remember, I think, this game for yeah. its association with the year because of how much it brought into the game industry with people who don't usually play games and just how much it kind of brightens people people's day in this uh in this crazy 2020. Yes, uh, but, switches uh, were impossible to find for... <laughs> A long time. So yeah. Yeah, man. And there's and they're still super not super hard to find, but they're still selling like gangbusters over there and Animal Crossing is reaching the top of that list, beating out like Pokemon and and um Smash Bros on some of the game of the year not game of the year, um bestseller list. And it's like I would never in a thousand years imagine that Animal Crossing would beat Smash Brothers in any contest, but it's crazy that it's just been catching on so well and I and I I'm not surprised. I, I, I absolutely love that game. But my winner, uh-oh. Oh, drum roll, <laughs> is of course The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> um, obviously, I know how some people feel about this game. Because Damn of it, the, Neil! The, <laughs> some of the decisions that they made, and some of the characters that are in the game, and some of the deaths, and some of the the things that happened. Mm-hmm. But I. I wouldn't say that I wouldn't have it any other way, but I I, <laughs> I did love my time with The Last of Us Part Two, and it's completely the opposite from from Animal Crossing. Um, but that's kind of what I expected and kind of what I wanted from this game for it to break my heart and rip my heart out and just take <laughs> me on an emotional journey. And that's kind of what I love so much about the first game 
is just the the characters and how much I, I got invested with them and every little thing that they did just either broke me or just like made me cheer, cried tears of joy or cried tears of sadness. But um, they, no matter how you feel about, well, I guess I, I can't, can't say that because people have their own opinions about that, but yeah. I just love the stories that Naughty Dog crafts and whether it be Uncharted or The Last of Us, I just love the cinematic nature of it. I feel like I'm watching a movie and I know a lot of people don't want that out of games, but I personally love those narrative sort of mm-hmm. games like Uncharted and The Last of Us. And I was I was not personally let down by this entry. Um, I, I Besides the story, we could talk about that another time. Yeah. But the, the gameplay was was no doubt. I, I won't argue with anybody on that one. That is definitely, without argument, better than the first game. The yes. the, the amount of option and the the stealth and just everything that she could do with Ellie or the other character that will not be named. Yeah. <laughs> um, at, there's so much that she can do, and those characters both felt different. So I, I definitely approached situations differently than I did with Ellie than I did with the other character mm-hmm. because she was stronger or I knew that she could handle these situations a bit better. Yeah. So I definitely had a lot of time, a lot of fun with that. And all of it felt so cinematic. There was times like later on in the story where I was like, I can do that. There's, <laughs> I didn't know I could even do that sort of move. Like I would jump off of a, of a building just because I was trying to get away with somebody. And then the prompt to press square would come up. I was like, Oh, okay. And I would just tackle the guy that was below me. I was like, I was just trying to get away, but <laughs> taking out one guy with me, that's great. <laughs> so there was, there was moments like that, that kind of made my jaw drop with the amount of, detail that was put into the gameplay and of course the accessibility options that it's been been getting praised for um rightfully so because a lot of people that can't play games were able to play this one so it's it was definitely really cool on a lot of fronts so i last of us 2 is definitely my my game of the year for more than one reason but if if you can't enjoy the story you gotta you gotta give it props for what it did for the industry in terms of technical uh standpoint yeah I don't. I've not been shy in saying that The Last of Us Part Two is a technical masterpiece. Yeah. Like that game, it's amazing what they did with that game. Technically, like it, it just looks unbelievable, and it looks like it plays unbelievable. I haven't played it yet, but it yeah. looks like it just has so many cool uh, improvements from the first game in terms yeah. of gameplay. And Absolutely. yes, the one story thing that i am upset about yes here's the thing i think at the end of the day when i do get to play this and i i have bought it now when it was on sale (laughs) when i when i get to play it i think i will enjoy uh the story and i will enjoy the new character and i will enjoy many of the things that they did with it um it just comes back to that one decision that they made for the story that i'm just like that just betrays everything about what i loved about the first game like that's my biggest problem with it is just knowing that everything i don't know everything you did in the first game almost feels irrelevant in the second game and like some people were talking about like good or bad whether a character is good or bad like you still relate to and love those characters. So even if, you know, you find out later that a character is worse than what they, you know, appeared as in the first game, you still have a very deep connection with those characters because you love them so much. Like 
it, it's just, I guess, a different mindset. And it, it obviously depends person to person because some people are fine with it, some aren't. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think I'll enjoy it when I get to it uh, yeah. eventually. But definitely, I don't. I I I again, your opinion is your own, of course. Yeah, I don't think that what they did was undermine the the first game because what happened is because of what he did in the first game. But I understand where you're coming from for sure, because they, again, they didn't have to do that. They right. didn't have to do what, what they did, but I feel like what comes after that kind of, I think they did, did him justice, even though he was, he was, he leaves pretty early on. The rest of the game does him, does him justice in my opinion. I think they did a really good job of showing why he's such a great guy and why everybody why we all loved him and got attached to him, even though, as you said, yeah. some of the things that he did weren't were questionable. Right. But despite all that, we still love Joel because he's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's yeah. it, Roro. Uh, do you have anything else to add before we before we exit the show? Uh, no, that's it. <laughs> okay. That's it, yeah. Uh, thank you to all of the uh, contenders out there for the second annual podcast PXN Game of the Year awards so if only sean was here we could actually give out an award because he'd be the tiebreaker but then he'd he'd probably just spite us and say something like you know some random game like maybe (laughs) ori will of the wisps yes Uh, so then we'd be in a deadlock but anyways that's where we are uh thank you to everyone uh again for joining us both live on youtube and on podcast services everywhere including apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, soundcloud spotify and stitcher thank you roro i am daniel and this has been podcast pxn and we are out much love and keep on gaming see ya